Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He has helped entrepreneurs create turnkey systems that give them more freedom. He is a podcast host of Simplifying Entrepreneurship. He is also a speaker, a coach. He's owned, franchise, well, he's owned franchises and his own business, and he's been in business since 1994. Let's welcome Pete Moore. How are you doing today, Pete? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Victor. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And me too. So, Pete, I'd like to get started by asking you, uh, please share your story. How did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur? Would you like to please share that with the audience? Yeah, well, you know, I've, uh, long story short, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, Victor. I uh, started very young, uh, pushing the lawn more, doing that sort of stuff, making crafts and selling them with my mom to craft stores and bazaars and things like that. And, you know, worked my way up through college uh, businesses, land, little landscaping businesses and things like that. When I finished university, I uh, went to work for my dad's best friend, who who his name is Peter too, and he had a great business, still going today, really great, honest, awesome business. But at the same time, I realized during that time that you know working for somebody else just wasn't for me, and you know that was as you mentioned in the intro, 1994, and I uh, went ahead, bought a franchise. And cause that's, you know, a young, young guy was like, Hey, I, I, I got to have a system and all this sort of stuff. And I bought a franchise um, and went down to Atlanta, got trained and came back home and it's like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> and, you know, I was uh, just, I, I just getting married and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so it was, you know, the pressure's on and, you know, we did really well. We had that business from 94 until 2010. It's still going strong today. We bought it, we built it, we sold it. Uh, I had another business, which was a cleaning franchise that we um, bought <clears throat> during that same time frame, And uh, it built, built it from 30 clients to 300 clients and then sold it. I help people buy and sell businesses uh, because I was I became a business broker helping people do that, which is where I found one of the businesses that I still own and started. Uh, well, we bought it in 2010, and and we own shoe stores called Shootopia in Canada. Here we've got a couple of shoe stores, and um, so that's Shootopia.ca, which is one of one of our businesses. And so I still run that one today, and I spend most of my time, however, uh, not so much in the shoe stores, but helping other entrepreneurs. Uh, with simplifying entrepreneurship and working through all these things and helping them cut through the frustration of setting up systems and sort of moving them into the owner box instead of the manager box, uh, you know, as far as the accountability chart, let's call it, you know, and when if you're if you're managing your business and struggling and working through all this stuff, and you're 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and still not really looking, you know, thinking you're missing life. Um, maybe you've got more money, but some of the other areas aren't really all that great for you, then that's the kind of business owner that I'm helping, you know, really, truly uh, independent business owners for the most part, and uh, working through these problems where they're kind of like, you know what, I'm ready to actually start living a life again. And I got to get some other people to help me here and assign some accountabilities, all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, the three minute version of where, uh, how I got to where I am today. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that, Pete. And uh, I have uh, discovered that a lot of people are like you. 
they started at becoming an entrepreneur when they were young. They, yeah. you know, the lemonade stands, like you did the, the oh, yeah. crafts, landscaping, and yeah. it, it just, it seems like it lit a fire in them, you know, when they did this for a number of years. And then once they finished school, whether it was high school, college, and, you know, maybe they worked at a job for a year or two, and then they realized, yeah. you know what, this is not me. It's what I was yeah. doing before. So I think a lot of people have a similar journey too. And that's what happened too. Cause you know, you realize after college, you, I, I, I can't do this. I can't work with someone else. I'm gonna, that's when you started getting into franchising and you did several of them. Um, you had one, which you say you went from 30 clients to 300 and you sold it and you mm -hmm. have Shootopia. And basically what you do now is you help entrepreneurs set up and uh, ease up their business. Because I think uh, a lot, a lot of people have this mentality, you know, I hate working. So, and, and a lot of people on are unhappy at their jobs and they think, yeah. oh, I own my own store. I own my own business. Oh man, it's mm -hmm. going to be so easy. It's uh, <laughs> the money's just going to roll in. And yeah. what you, what you said about the fact that a lot of them have a lot of uh, issues and problems, you know, they, they go into management mode and you want to get them into the owner box instead of the manager box. I think um, there's a, book by Robert, uh, by Michael Gerber called The E-Myth and his follow-up to E-Myth Revisit. And he talks about a lot of these things. A lot of mm -hmm. people says, you know, uh, I'm going to get my own business, but they don't realize they got to wear four or five different hats. They oh my gosh. The accountant, yeah. the lawyer, they got to do this. They just think- Especially early on. Exactly. Especially early on. Maybe later on after a couple years, they might be able to hire some assistants who did it. But in the beginning, they're wearing four or five different hats and they realize it isn't as much fun. And they said- I, I, and like you said, they're, they're in many ways, they're like a slave to their business. So I, I think the, one of the services you provide is to teach them how to ease up the, uh, these things and to wear that one big hat instead of to wear six or seven different hats. So you might talking about how do you how are you able to help teach these people to ease up to going from the manager box to the owner box? Because. Um, it's one of the reasons why many of them give up after like one or two or three years, because it is very stressful and frustrating. But if they're able to get by it, then it's like, wow, this is, this is a fun journey. So you mind sharing a couple of ways of how you helped them get into them, uh, ownership uh, box mode? You know, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Um, and often, Victor, it starts with going back. You know, in order to move ahead, sometimes you have to go back. And so we go back to sort of recapturing those moments. And for a guy like me, it's like, oh, wow, this is a long time ago. But, you know, why did you become an entrepreneur in the first place? And most people became an entrepreneur in order to have a better life. That's what the dream was. The dream was, if I own a business, I'm going to have a better life, right? And if you're not living the better life, then you have to go back and understand what that meant, you know, and what does it mean now to live a better life? Because you own your business, it shouldn't own you. And from that perspective, we need to start understanding what you truly want out of your life so that we can build the business to support it. You're building the business as a foundation for giving you back the life that you want to live. And for some people, it means more money. For some people, it means more time. For some people, that means flexibility. I mean, it doesn't always just go back to, we need more money, right? And yeah, sure, money will buy some freedoms and you, it's not like you, can, you can't do without it. You know, you still need it. But <clears throat> often it's like the people that I'm talking to, they want to spend time with their kids. They want mm -hmm. to actually go on a vacation. They haven't been on a vacation for a week or two weeks or, 
for like I'm leaving tomorrow for the month of March um, and taking off, you know? So, you know, how much freedom do you want in your life? Because it's uniquely yours. It's your uniquely your wants. And that's okay. What those freedoms are, whether it's around your health, your wealth, your mission, your purpose, all of the different things that you want personally, but you need to design your business to then craft that and give that to you. That's part of your takeaway as being a business owner is the fact that it's going to give you the freedoms that you desire. But if you don't plan for those, and if you don't actually know what those are, and you don't refresh those on a regular basis, then all you do is you kind of get mired down in this rut of just saying, well, we need our next sale and we need our next, you know, whatever. And we're trying to just grow the business, grow the business, grow the business. But for what? Just so that someday you're going to have a payout? There's more to it than that. And if you kind of go back to those original reasons why you started the business, it's like, hmm, it wasn't just for the big payout. It was for some of these other things that we're talking about. So, you know, a lot of the owners that I talk to, you know, they literally can't go away for a week without being on the phone the whole week they're away. And then when they come back, they're twice as busy as they ever were before they left. And they're kind of saying, well, why did I even go away? Like those kind of things are manageable. Those kind of things are things that you can say, and I'm not saying it happens like that. It doesn't, but you need to start putting some systems and processes in place. So, you know, one of the things that I've created is, and I'm writing a book on it right now, it's this model around, I love models and frameworks and things like that. So when we overlay this model onto businesses, it makes sense of where you need to work. And the model is called the five P's. So the first P and I'll give you the five P's first, and we can talk about them as you, as you like, Victor. But the first P is really understanding your promise. The next one is your product. The next one is your process or your processes. The next one is your people. And the product, the process, and the people has to align. And this is where there's often a lot of problem. Align completely with the, prob- with the promise that you're delivering to your clients. And then the last of the P's is the profit. So you got your promise and then you have your product, your process, and your people that must align to the promise so that you can enjoy the profit that you want to enjoy. And boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot of misalignment out there amongst those middle three P's. And there's a lot of misalignment around the promise, because what was your promise two years ago before COVID may be very different now, but you said, you know what, we haven't actually updated that promise to our, cl- to our clients, to our team, to everybody else. You know, there's so many different ways of structuring this and relooking at this strategically for your business that most people are just in the rut of doing everything. They never really actually take a step back and look at it to see how they need to firm it up to make it even better for the future and for their future as the owner of the business. Yeah. Now you bring up some very good points there, Ed. Sometimes you need to go back to in order to go forward. And a lot of people, if they get there, why why they got involved, why they started this entrepreneur journey. Yeah. yeah, they wanted the time, the freedom, the flexibility. Like you said, a lot of people want to spend more time with their kids. You know, they they don't get, you know, because once once they grow up, uh, you, you can never get that time back. So I know a lot of people want to do that. They want to go on vacation. You mentioned you go, you're going to be going away again for vacation for a month. So it's nice to be able to take off a month. Very few people can do that. 
So uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to do that and have, to have that wonderful lifestyle, that freedom to do whatever you want, to just go away and just take a nice break. And like you said, some people, even when they go on vacation, their phones are ringing off the hook. They have to call, they have to check in all the time because they're, 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 office wants to know what's going on the other day they're on they may be away in cancun and yet they're getting all these messages to look uh, look at these issues and it's supposed to be on vacation you're supposed to be enjoying it but a lot, unfortunately a lot of times a lot of business won't allow you to do a lot of companies will not be they want to know they want to be able to have access to you 24 hours a day and and to me that does not sound like freedom at all that sounds like some sort of uh, slavery if you always have to be on call all the time so it's nice to be able well, to that, get away from that yeah that's the beauty of being your own boss you can craft that if you want to, right? No, and, no, I, and I'm yeah. not saying it happens overnight. I mean, I haven't taken a month off ever since I was in between businesses. Um, I take weeks off or two weeks off. I take a week off pretty much every month, but um, because that's just the, the structure that I like to run my free time with. But <clears throat> I haven't taken a, a month off and I'm not, to be very quite um, and uh, honest and frank, I, I will be probably tuning in uh, maybe two or three hours a week. I've got a few coaching commitments that I need to mm -hmm. continue on with because I have commitments, but I'm still going to be away in a different spot and all the other stuff. And outside of that, I mean, we're having a podcast today. I did 70 podcasts in the last um, four months. I'm, I've turned off all the podcasts for the month. I've turned off, you know, like 98% of what I do is going to be turned off. And yeah, will I flip in uh, to my um, a weekly meeting for an hour on my shoe stores and my coaching contracts that I have laid out? Yes, I will. But outside of that, I'm off. And, mm -hmm. you know, so how do you, and, and that's okay with me. I'm okay with, because I've set those up in sort of a half day block once a week type thing. And it's like, good enough. I've got the rest of the time. And that's just how my business operates. How does your business operate? How can you work through those different things and craft what you want out of your business? And that's pretty much a lot of what I work with. And it's like, we're setting up accountabilities. We're setting up, you know, different ways of, of having people make decisions that you don't need to be involved with, right? If the business is running in a turnkey fashion, there's so many good things about that. One, it's it's a more valuable business. If you ever do want to sell the business, then it's already set for somebody to take over. You know, there are so many different reasons why if you want, if, if you've got it already set and you're only working in it, you know, um, a few hours a week, it allows you to open up something else or do something else with your time that you prefer to do or have another business. I have a few different businesses that I involve myself a few hours with each week, right? So, you know, the, the beauty of doing this kind of system is that it's up to you and you are free to decide what you choose to do with your time. No, absolutely. I think you made some great points there. Uh, number one, you want to have a business where it shouldn't be totally dependent on you. Like you said, if, if it is, um, you're a slave to that business. But if you have other people able to, to take care of a lot of your duties, you, know, you delegate stuff to a lot of people. And like you said, if you want to sell, you're able to sell because people, they'll still be able to do it. And the person who buys it for you will be able to take over your duties. But if you're, you have to do every single thing, it's going to cause so many problems. So, and, and all, one thing I know about all the most successful people, they learn to delegate. They have assistants. They have people doing the things. Um, so uh, most of the other things that they don't want to do, and they focus on the things that they're best at, the things that are being, bring the most profitability to the business, they focus on the most important things and delegate 
everything else to other people. Because if they try to do everything else, it's just not going to be a, a, a smooth running operation. It's going to be so many problems. And I think that's something very important for people to learn here. Now, at the beginning, you probably will be doing most of the things because you may not be able to afford yeah. people to work with you. You may not be able to afford to get assistance. And that's fine. And, and, and you mentioned a couple of times, which people should understand the entrepreneurial journey. Very rarely do people have big success when they get started. It will take time. It take one, two, three, four years, but it's yeah. okay. If, if, if you, you learn along the way, you're going to make mistakes, you make adjustments, and, but as long as you persevere and, 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 and don't give up, you'll, you'll usually get that success. I like the, the example Les Brown gives of the bamboo tree. For the first three or four years, it's being watered and nurtured, but it's underground. You see no growth whatsoever, but in the fifth year, in the span of two months, it grows 90 feet. Did it grow 90 feet in those two months? No, it took about five years, but it had to be watered and nurtured and taken care of all that time by the person that was planting that bamboo tree. And, and it was consistent effort being done to do it. And because of that, it had that big growth. And sometimes you'll have that big growth. It may take two or three years. And also you have to, that's why you need to be consistent in everything that you do. So I'm glad you brought up those points. And I think when you talk about systems and processes, you need to have that because if you don't have and, and a proper foundation, a blueprint, if you try to build a house without a blueprint, it's going to be, you're just not going to have a well-built house. So you have to have that proper foundation set up and you need to do that. And, you know, you have to have that why there. And I like when you talk about the five Ps, the promise, the product, the processes, people, and the profit. And, and you, you brought up a good point. The promise might change, like you said, your promise to your clients two or three years ago would have, would have been maybe a lot different than it is now after COVID hit us. So things could change. So you always have to, sometimes you may need to adapt, but you have to keep all these things in mind. And accountability is very important. A lot of people are not accountable, and especially when you become an entrepreneur. When you're at a regular job, your boss holds you accountable. When you're your own boss, you really don't have anyone to keep you accountable. So it's easy to um, procrastinate, take off a few days when you really should be working your business every single day. So that's why you need, uh, I think an accountability partner is very important. Someone who holds you accountable could be a coach or a mentor. So would you like to talk a little bit more the importance of having someone who holds you accountable when you're an entrepreneur? Sure. I mean, here's, here's an interesting thing that most entrepreneurs will associate with, I think. Your partner at home probably doesn't want to hear about it anymore. They don't want to hear about business. Like enough. Do we have to talk about this every day? You know, that's the kind of thing that is pretty normal in an entrepreneurial household. And then you go out with your pals, you know, the girlfriends, the boyfriends, whatever the case is, and you're sitting around and you bring up business and you bring up what's going on. And they're like, if they're not entrepreneurs, they don't understand what the heck you're talking about. They just don't get it, you know? And then you're saying, okay, well, if I can't sort of bring it up at home anymore, I can't bring it up with my buddies, then who do I bring it up with? Well, you know what? I have an open door policy at work. Maybe I'll just float it out there with the team. Well, you float it out there with the team. And as much as the open door policy is an open door policy, they don't always give you the true sort of feeling because ultimately as the owner of the business, 
you hold their paycheck. And, you know, even, even though you you're, you're kind of saying, Hey, listen, I'm, 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 I want your honest opinion, all that sort of stuff. Often they're reserved because they feel as though if they say something that's sort of contrary to, to the line that they expect you to do, that it may impact on their livelihood. So who do you talk to? Who do you, who does hold you accountable? Well, I mean, that's why I'm a business coach, because that's one of the things that I help my clients with is to say, hey, last week we talked about this and where are you standing on that? Right. And it's that uh, it's that person that you want to talk to. It's that it's that sort of who do you have in your group of mentors and your group of coaches or, or whatever the case is to go through strategy, to go through the different decisions that you need to make as a decision, as a as the decision maker of your business. I mean, ultimately, we talked about the process. The process is all around having everything detailed and outlined in a way so that anybody who's assigned that accountability can make the decision without your involvement. Anything has to be, you know, as many of those decisions can be made because the process is set is set properly and can be made at the lowest level of the business, whatever that, whatever that um, is determined based on the decision that needs to be made should be made every time. There's there's only so many decision-making juices in your brain every day. And if you, as the business owner are making decisions that are at the lowest level of your business, instead of the upper level of your business, you'll never have decision power to make any upper level decisions. You'll hit the ceiling and you won't go any further. Yeah, and I think that's a very important point. You have to have other people making decisions at the lower level. And so you can focus on the upper level decisions. And they should be able to make what I'm worrying about you or what you're going to say. You're going to trust that, that they're going to make the right decision. And, and they'll keep doing it until you know maybe an issue arises later on. But as long as things are going smoothly, they should have nothing to worry about. And you're right. A lot of people don't want to hear about your stuff if you know, you're your partner, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your friends, and they're not entrepreneurs. And like you said, you have your own business and you yeah, so you work. And I can tell you, when I when I worked in the corporate world, you know, my 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 superiors would say, "Tell me what you think." And and there were times I was afraid to say something to them because I knew they could fire me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I know what you're talking about. It's absolutely true because I know from my own experience there are certain things uh, I, I wanted to say. That is such a stupid idea. It's not gonna work. But you're afraid but you stay they make quiet, you, right? You stay. Yeah, most yeah. of the time, I stay quiet because I was afraid of how they may react. And there are probably some of them would not mind. Although some of them, I think they probably would have gotten angry. So it really depends on the person. But yeah, you're afraid because anyone that controls your paycheck, and um, it's not always easy to find another job. So I think there's definitely yeah. a lot of validity uh, to that. So you know that's why I think coaching is is very important. And I think I think this is one of the few fields where people think they can get by without a coach. And if you look at most fields, if you look at sports, for example, uh, tennis players, they have coaches, basketball players, football players, they yeah. all have coaches, trainers, managers, because they know no matter how talented you are, your coach can see certain things that you can't. He could say, you know, tweak this, do this a little bit better. Uh, you're doing well, but, you know, if you do this, you can do this even better because a lot of things you cannot see on your own. So no matter how talented you are, your coach can see things that you can't. And, you know, you can probably learn everything you want if you go on the internet, but it might take you an extra five or 10 years. The, one of the things about having a good coach, a good mentor is 
he's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of frustration and struggle. And I'm sure that's some of the things you've been able to save a lot of your clients because I'm sure some of them have had a lot of frustration saying, I've been doing this for two or three years. Why can't I do this? And then you go over things, you discuss things with them, you look at the process, you say, well, this is the problem. And, and you, have, you have this other set of eyes to say, if you do this, and I'm sure in the next couple of months, they say, wow, my business has gone up 50%. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, some of the big things are really, like I said, just literally overlaying different strategy pieces around why things are, you know, because people want answers to their questions. And it's like, you know what we, as coaches, we aren't a done for you model done for you as an, as, as a consultant, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to do my marketing anymore. I want to pawn this off on someone. Well, that's a consultant, you know, a coach is there to guide you through these different areas so that it's bringing you up to where you need to be, uh, and helping you make decisions, but they're not, they're not there to do the stuff for you. So, and that's a lot of, you know, some people are like, well, what does a coach do? But that's the kind of thing we're having these conversations. We're battering around all of these different ideas so that, you can actually take those ideas with confidence and clarity and move them ahead in your business and make the choices and decisions that you need to make to push you through procrastination, like you were saying, and, and make things happen, right? It's like, it's time to, it's time to go and let's, let's go, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah. And they're not supposed to do everything for you. They can't succeed for you. You, you, you know, they can guide you. They can give you some advice. And, and they can, you know, guide you and steer you in a certain direction, but you got to make the effort and take the steps needed to succeed. I remember yeah. Jerome used to say, you can't hire someone to do your pushups for you. So you got to do yeah, your own pushups. Exactly. No, yeah. and, it's, and it's very important. So, uh, you know, because, you, know, you know, obviously you've been doing coaching for a whole bunch of years. What are some of the other issues that you might, you see clients have when they're going on this entrepreneurial journey, they want to have their own business. What are some of the other uh, problems you've seen people come across? Because I know there are probably people watching this who are thinking of becoming entrepreneurs and they yeah. should probably be aware of some of the pitfalls because we, I think we made it clear. It's not going to be smooth sailing. So the, there are certain yeah. issues entrepreneurs come across when they first get started. Yeah. I mean, we could spend days talking about this. <laughs> But, you know, a few, a few big ones, if, if we're talking to new people in particular, cash flow is the killer, right? Cash flow is the, is the immediate killer. So, you know, people say, Hey, my books show that I have, you know, X amount of profit, but I don't have any money. Well, where's the money? Well, it's tied up in receivables. It's tied up in payables. It's tied up in, you know, all these different areas, like follow the money and, and make sure that cash flow is going to be okay. So, you know, a lot of that, that's one of the, one of the biggest ones. And one of the, one of the things that kills people very quickly is that they dramatically underestimate the cash flow that they're going to need in order to get to the point where their business is cash flowing itself. Is that, you yeah. know, another one is, um, is not putting the product out there early enough. So whatever your product is or your service is, you know, and that's this alignment of the pro you have to have the right product aligned to your promise. So let's just go through the promise for a second. What is a promise and how do you develop a promise? Well, there's all kinds of stuff to that, but if we take it in a very simple three-step process, it's this, what is your client's problem Two, 
How do you uniquely solve that solution differently than any other competitors that are trying to solve the same problem? Three, what does their life look like, look like after they've used your services? So what is the transition from where they were before when they had the problem to going through your perfect process to where they're going to be after they've gone through it? So that's the promise. And when you, when you hone that promise, and that's why we're saying like, even in the last couple of years, Hey, we're on zoom here today. I mean, I've been using zoom for many years, but a lot of people, first time they ever got on zoom was when the pandemic happened. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, now business is done differently. Uh, so how has your promise changed based on some of the things that have changed and you have to align some of the products and services that you offer so that they're actually aligning better to what that customer wants and the problems that they're having so that they're going to live a better life. And when you look at all of that, the customer journey there uh, with your promise and you know, you're aligning all of these products to that, you're aligning your process to that, you're aligning your people to that, right? So let's dig back to the people for a second as well. I put people in three categories. The first one is who's your ideal client? So I'm sure you've, uh, everybody probably listening has heard about all the exercises to who's your ideal client and your perfect avatar and all that kind of stuff, but it's an important piece. And does it align to the product? Does it align to the process? Does it align to the promise, right? The second one is who are your ideal team members, right? And the third one is who is your, or are your ideal outsource suppliers? So anybody, your wholesalers, your, your suppliers, your outsource partners, anybody else that helps you deliver your promise and achieve your promise for your clients are part of that people package. And for most entrepreneurs, what are the, some of the big issues that they come up with? They come up with people problems. Most under, most entrepreneurs underestimate how hard it is to deal with people every day. You know, whether it's from your team, whether it's clients, whether it's wholesalers, the negotiations that are involved, the um, conversations and communication that's involved. I hear a lot of leaders out there just saying, you know what, I'm done. I just like want to go in, in my office and close the door. I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. Right. So communication is such a key piece for leaders so that you're always, always, always communicating the promise so that everybody, all those people align to the promise. And that's how you create loyalty, right? You're creating a loyalty because the, the leaders always, always spitting out what the promise is. They're always spreading the word, you know, what we do and why we do it so that your team aligns, your client aligns, your wholesalers, all those suppliers align. Everybody's already aligned. When everybody's aligned, there's more profit. Everything else happens and everything else, like, Everything sets in place to the point where it's like, you're not always looking for people to come work with you, that you, they, your promise actually attracts them in. Yeah, no, I think those are some good points here. I think a lot of people don't focus on that. And I like what you said, your problems, you got to focus on the problem. And then how does your problem uniquely solve their issue that's different and better than any of your other competitors, because some yeah. people think, no, I have a good product here. Everyone should buy it. Not necessarily. Yeah, sure. Someone might have a better way of uh, taking care of a person's problem than you. Yeah. And um, a lot of people don't think about that. And what does their life look like after they purchase your product? Because here's the thing. 
People don't care about your issues, what you can get. They only care about what they can get out of it. They say people don't buy a drill for the drill. They buy it for the hole that the drill can give it to them. So they're focusing on what can this product get for me? And can you do it better than other people can? And how can this make my life better? What am I going to get out of it? And I don't think uh, a lot of people think enough about they think enough of their customer, how can solve their problem, can make them happier. And, and I think when you talk about, you know, knowing your ideal client, your ideal team members, the ideal supplier, also the, knowing the people you're dealing with and having them all aligned, that's very important because if you have one or two people causing you problems, it can cause hassle for the entire organization. Oh. One, a couple of couples, negativity is so powerful. And a lot, I, I think you're right. A lot of people don't focus enough time. Just look at a sports team, a basketball team. Five talented players. One guy's negative. He's a cancer. He can destroy the whole chemistry of the entire team. They trade him away for two guys who are not as talented as he is, but they play a lot better because everyone's yeah. aligned and the chemistry is much better. So I, I think you know, knowing your people is very important because if you have one, two people that are not aligned and um, yeah, they, they don't, they're not, they don't believe in what you guys have, it's going to cause so many problems. So I think people problems, I think I agree, is a totally huge issue. And um I also want to ask you, what do you think when people getting involved, the importance of, would you say, personal development and your mindset when you get started? How important would you say that is? Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of people that are talented, yet their mindset is just not there. And, and even and I think it's one of the reasons why they don't succeed. How, how important do you think that is for a person to succeed? Well, it's, it's vital. Um, and, and I'm going to take it one step further, Victor. Um, mm-hmm. It's not only your mental health it's your physical health. I mean, for anybody who's listening to this, you'll, uh, you won't see this, but like, I'm a bald 51 year old dude and I'm not the picture of health. I'm, I don't have the absolutely ripped abs, but you know, I'm, I'm conscious of my health. I'm conscious of my sleep. I'm conscious of what I eat. I'm conscious of, of my body, uh, because, and I'm very conscious of my mind. You know, I, I meditate and I do different things to, to give me clarity, uh, you know, a lot of things around that, because my belief is that it's health first, business second. If you don't have your mental and physical health, you cannot lead a business properly. You can't. You don't have the decision power. We talked about the decision power. You don't have the mental clarity to do what you need to do. You don't have the time to actually if you're working 70, 80 hours a week, you don't have the time to think about anything else other than the management of your existing operation. So having the mental clarity, the, the mental ease and the physical fitness of being able to run a business is absolutely vital to any leader that's in a, you know, leader or manager in a, in a position of, of authority. Uh, without it, you aren't doing yourself or your team or your business justice. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. Um, your mental and physical health needs to be your top priority because if they're not uh, taken care of, um, your business is going to suffer. And I remember it was years ago, they asked Richard Branson, you know, for advice. If someone wants to become a billionaire, what is the first piece of advice you would give? And he says, the first thing I would recommend is exercise. He talked about the importance of physical health. And I think a lot of people were surprised by that answer. And you brought up the mental health and you brought up uh, meditation, which I think is very important. I think it's very powerful. And years ago, um, Tim Ferriss, who wrote the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, interviewed uh, a bunch of people that were at the top of their profession, their field. And when he looked at their answers, one thing that struck him was about 90% of the people 
said that they did some form of meditation or morning mindfulness exercise every single morning. And he was really struck mm -hmm. by that. And I think he started doing that right afterwards. So for those mm -hmm. of you who want to be successful, listen to what P just says. He brought a meditation and many of the most successful people practice some form of meditation because you get a lot of different benefits out of it. And uh, so something to give out your, your mental, your physical health is very important. All those other things will fall into place. I think some people rush into things like I got to do these things. And then I can worry about the other thing. No, to get things done backwards. You got to take care of your mental, physical health first, get your mental health ready, your physical health, and then everything else will uh, fall into place. Yeah. You know, Victor, uh, a couple of years ago, I developed a, what I call the one page planner. And the one page planner is, uh, you know, everybody's not everybody, but a lot of people have tried planners. And it's part of my morning ritual as well. I sit down and I write my planner out and my to-dos, all the different things. But it's really structured around entrepreneurship and around the stuff that we've been talking about today. And I'm happy to share it with anybody. It's free. Uh, it's it, They're PDF downloads, essentially. So you can print them or you can do them on your computer, whatever the case is. But uh, that's at simplifyingentrepreneurship.com forward slash planner. And from that perspective, um, you can just download it. And there's a... I, put, I have a little YouTube video you can watch on how I use it and download the sheets. And it's one of my morning rituals that I do every morning. And it's, again, setting up your life. So you're, you're understand, we, get, we said you have to go back to go ahead earlier on. You're setting up your life. You're really understanding what it is you want out of your life. And then you're breaking it down into these different areas. You know, your three-year, your one-year, your quarter, your week, and your day. So that you can actually realize some of this stuff as opposed to just letting fate dictate your future right and when you do that kind of stuff i mean i mentioned i'm heading away for a month uh, tomorrow well that was in my planner and you know what i have said this is something we're going to do and i've arranged my life so that we can leave and that's the kind of stuff that a planner can do for you and the the, the sort of regularity of doing it every day and reminding yourself of these things and why you need to do them because that's going to align to what you want out of your life and now i'm going to have my business deliver that back to me is part of that process of being an entrepreneur that's part of the process of having your business and going back to that that statement that i made you own your business and it shouldn't own you and if you're feeling as though it's owning you all the time then there's some work to be done and that's that's the kind of stuff i just love digging into that kind of stuff and and saying okay here we'll start here we work here we can start this and then start aligning some of this stuff and see it happen underneath you and it's like hmm, wow this is pretty cool yeah and i think that's a very good point you brought up about writing things and having the one you know planner there you know what you're going to plan for the day the week the month one year for now three years from now five years now yeah. here's the thing because when you write it down you review it it seeps into your subconscious mind which controls mm -hmm. most of your thinking a lot of people don't realize that they think the conscious mind does most of the controlling absolutely not your subconscious mind is like 90 to 95 percent uh sure. mastering everything that goes on in, in your life so i think that's very important you know you know having you know your routine your tasks your goals and yeah. reviewing them on, on a consistent basis i think that is so important and like you said you control your life life doesn't control you because when you don't have things written down you just go by what you know any kind of emergency but when you have these priorities saying i'm going to do this in the morning i'm going to spend an hour on this two hours on that and then everything else, you know, I can worry about later. It, it reminds me of something Brian Tracy uh, talked about in his book, Eat That Frog. He talked about the importance of taking care of the most important task earlier in the day. Whereas most people, they let the, they do the least important task because they figure it's the easiest thing. 
But then later on in the afternoon, it, it's uh, when they get to the most important test, it's, it starts eating at them. It becomes very overwhelming. That's why they become paralyzed and they procrastinate because they're too focused on taking care of the unimportant stuff. Whereas if they take care of the most important stuff, all the other things become a breeze later on. So, um, you know, yeah, take- we talked about it earlier, Victor, and the fact that you only have so many decision making power juices in your brain every day. That's, yeah. you can't use them all up uh, or else you'll never be able to get anything done later in the day, right? No, you're absolutely right about that, Pete. Uh, one last I'm, thing a, I'm I, a big early bird. Are you an early bird person too, Victor? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm a big early bird person. And yeah, I, I, mean, I, I was up, I was up at 10 after four this morning. That's a little bit early for me. I, I'm usually up at five, but uh, you know, uh, I, I, it's such a powerful time of the day to what I call focus time for focus time, you know, and you really can power through a bunch of stuff, at least for me. Yeah. And it's important for your subconscious mind because you're in, when you're that first hour in the morning, you're in that theta state and your subconscious mind is very important impressionable so you can feel have that focus on you can do the meditations or any kind of positive thing that can really help your your mental health and your physical health it's a really good time of the day because that's when you're it's it's at its most impressionable so i yeah. agree I, I i find you know getting up in the morning and doing that stuff has been really helpful one last question i want to ask you is um one another thing that stops a lot of people when they get started on their journey and they don't take a lot of the actions that they need to to become successful is fear and and we've all gone through uh, things that stop us to take action that we fear so why do you think a lot of people let fear stop them and how have you been able to overconquer fear in your journey the risk of the unknown i mean it's it's in us, right? It's like opening the door in the dark, not knowing what's behind it when you're a little kid. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, we've been scared in our lives uh, all the way along. And, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, there's a reason that only, there's only around 7% of the people in the world are entrepreneurs. And it's because they don't do well with risk. And you know what, you have to be okay with risk. And I can tell you, you know, we have had some awesome times as business owners, but we have had some absolutely terrible times as well because some of the risks that we took didn't work out. They don't always work out. And I can happily say that most of them have and a few of them haven't, but, um, but you have to be okay with that kind of stuff, the ups and the downs. And, you know, if you're, if that is just not who you are, then it's okay not to be an entrepreneur. And from, from that perspective, when we look at fears, I mean, how do you overcome fear? Well, anytime you overcome fear, you need more clarity because clarity builds confidence and confidence ignites momentum. And that's when you have that momentum, you can make the decisions that you need to make in order to move ahead. And so Anytime you're, you're feeling fearful about anything, you need to rewind a little bit and gain more clarity as to why you want to make this decision. So you rewind the clock. I have this um, model. It's called the wheel of momentum. It's on my website. It's simplifying entrepreneurship, but you just, t- you just go back a spoke or two and you gain the clarity. And once you have the clarity, then you're saying, Hmm, now I understand. Well, if you start understanding, you're like, okay, I'm feeling better about this. I'm, I can feel, I can feel the confidence coming when the confidence comes. It's like, Hmm, now now I'm, I'm ready to go. And so those kind of things are, are really interesting 
ways of, of framing up um, uncertainty and framing up sort of those ideas of being scared. It's like, okay, well, what are you scared about? Why are you scared? So we're going to dig into the whys so that we can really pull out the clarity. And once we have the clarity, you're either going to make a decision to do it or not to do it. Both are good decisions mm -hmm. based on the fact that you're clearer about the decision that you need to make. Yeah, and I like what you said about clarity leads to confidence, leads to momentum. So I think that's a great uh, piece of advice for dealing with fear. So we're getting close to the end of our interview. So I have one final question for you, Pete, and that is, um, you know, again, we have a, a number of people in this audience who are listening who are probably thinking of becoming an entrepreneur or, or new entrepreneurs. So they probably would like, do you have a, um, any other piece of piece of advice for, you know, what they need to do to become more successful in the entrepreneurial journey? Could you share a couple of pieces of advice? Well, I think the big thing is um, to, you know, try and, and find some mentors. Uh, get out there and talk to some other people who are in business and get their ideas of what the benefits and the pitfalls of being a business owner are. Uh, and see what wins they've had and ask them if they're, if they don't mind sharing their, their, failures, because it's through the failures that we learn and grow. And those kind of things are, are often, I have found, um, that entrepreneurs are quite often willing to share their failures because they don't want you to go through it too. <laughs> so, you know, if you go to them, they're like, oh yeah, I've been there. I've done that. And, you know, I would strongly advise you don't do this or, or, or here's, here's what I've learned from when I did do that. And you can make your decision whether you want to go that route or not, you know, so those kind of things, you know, try to try to hook up with some people that have been successful and are that are willing to share some stories uh, and work and help you through some of those things so so that you can get off to a, a good start and you know, think about some of the things that we have talked about here today. If you if you think about your idea, what's your promise? What's your product? What's your process? What, who are your people? Who are everybody in the sphere of influence from your, your customers? Who do you want to work with? Who do you want as part of your team? Who do you want as your suppliers? So that, and then understand what the profit means, what you're going to do with it, what freedom that could bring back to the life that you want to live. It's this, it's this circle, right? It's this circle of, of an entrepreneurial life. And think about this idea that what do I want to do? And, and how do I want it to affect my life and my family and my relationships and my health and my wealth and my mission of life and all that other stuff? Once that full package is pieced together, you'll know whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not. Absolutely. And I agree. Talk to someone who's been very successful, you know, get a mentor, ask them these questions. And you're know, right. People want to share their experiences. They love to share their knowledge, help people out. And they'll tell you, don't do this. I did this. It doesn't work. And that's the thing. Every successful person has failed at some things. They've learned from their failures. Remember, failure is only final if you quit. And I like a couple of acronyms I've learned over the years. Fail means first attempt at learning or for all I have learned. So remember, um, learn from your fails. Every successful person has done that. So, you know, great stuff as always. Pete, thank you so much for being on our show. I really appreciate having you on. You share a lot of great wisdom. And I know the people watching and listening to this podcast are you know, going to get a lot out of your wisdom. So I want to say thank you again for being on the show. And before I let you go, Pete, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? 
Yeah. Best way really is to slide on over to Simplifying Entrepreneurship. I've got a assessment that you can take there on my website. So it clicks all over the place for it. Just take the assessment. And when you take the assessment, it'll spit you back a 50 to 60 page document of how you're doing with your business. And it takes about 15 minutes to do 12, 15 minutes to do, but it really gives you back a really detailed uh, report on what you're doing really well and the things that you need to work with. Uh, outside of that, you can catch me on LinkedIn at Pete Moore, M-O-H-R, or you can just email me at Pete at M-O-H-R or yeah, Pete at M-O-H-R dot C-O-A-C-H. So Pete at more dot coach. Okay, so that sounds good. And I, I like that assessment. So if you want to know how your business is doing, go over there to his website and you know, get that assessment done so you can see what's going well and what you can improve on. Again, Pete, thanks so much for being on our show. I really appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing day. It's been a pleasure. Make it a great one. Thanks. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.